supported, loving is raising awareness. Everyone should have someone to hold. This is Supported Loving Podcast number six. I'm your host, Claire Bates, and joining me today is Lizzie. Lizzie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lizzie. I'm Project Manager at Wirral Mencap. And um, we are a local learning disability charity in Wirral. Um, we have uh, the name Mencap, which we share with our with our national um, partners. But we are a, a local charity working predominantly with people with a learning disability. But also we do a lot of work with um, families and carers of, of all sort of shapes and sizes. Fantastic. And Lizzie is a member of the Supported Loving Network and has been been there from pretty much from the beginning, I think. I One definitely missed one or two but uh yeah ever since from my first one I've been a very dedicated member <laughs> she has um and and the reason I've got Lizzie to speak to us today is um obviously we talk a lot about dating agencies that supported loving um, but from what we know from our research and just from talking to members is actually setting up a dating agency can be an incredibly time-consuming that could, it is a whole role for somebody. It is a whole, sometimes for several people. And many organisations wouldn't be able to, to do that without having a lot of funding. So I'm aware that Lizzie, they run some events that could possibly other organisations who don't have a dedicated dating agency could could set up themselves. Is Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we came from a really, we came from exactly that position. So a few years ago, before my time, our then chief executive, Chloe Harvey, was really, really passionate about this subject and noticed that nothing was really being done about it locally. And so she she started some sort of strategic work, mostly trying to get some of the um, the big players in a room. So um, schools, colleges, social care, um, obviously health to talk about what support there is currently. And so they they sort of did a lot of work. And I think they went away with some actions and we were thinking, well, what can we actually do? We're not healthcare professionals. We're not social care professionals. We were then only a sort of three, 3.2 equivalent of a full time team doing lots of projects and lots of programs. So it wasn't really something that we we had loads of capacity to do. And we certainly didn't have loads of experience in it either. And then an opportunity came up via our national partners they wanted to national men cap royal men cap society uh, their theme for that year was relationships and friendships and so they were offering out small pockets of money for people to trial pilot projects and um and so we sort of saw that as an opportunity for us to to move out of kind of thinking about it in a strategic way and and, and act on on the very basic element of relationships which is supporting people to meet each other we talk about it so much at supported loving don't we that you know, it's all well and good having good practices to support a relationship, but if they don't meet they don't anyone meet new, <laughs> then then it's then it's useless having all of that. You know, having all of that knowledge. So, and did um, you find that some of your members were very isolated? Super, yeah, massively isolated. I mean, as soon as we, so so the singles night project was a was a was a really kind of very simple model we we asked for two thousand pounds to run a month social and um, within 
a few weeks of advertising it, we had over 60 people come for the sign-up process. It's just the need is so clear. How does that compare to your normal nights that you or, or events that you put on? So Wirral's actually really lucky. It's got quite a lot of adult social clubs um, for people with either learning disabilities and or autism or adults that are, you know, have additional needs in general. There, there's tons, which is why we really, really, really didn't want to just set up another social club. And we wanted to make it very clear that it was a singles night for people that were looking for love. And the social clubs, so we do run an evening social club here, which we get about 60, 70 people to, but that's been building up over 52 years. That one's been running. And then I, I think all of the other social clubs are well attended. But in terms of our other programs that we run here, so we we run sort of programs to support people into volunteering. We we run courses. We also help people. Most of what we do is about supporting people to access the community in a really fulfilling and meaningful way. But we never get <laughs> we never get that kind of flood of interest when we start a new project. You know, we only started doing course last year and um, you know, they're well subscribed, they're well attended, but it was it was nothing like the interest that we <sighs> got as soon as we said we were running a singles night project it was it was and it was overwhelming for us because because we put so many safeguards in place for our sign-up process Chloe and I were sort of doing back-to-back sign-ups <laughs> for weeks trying to get everyone onto onto the books but um can, can you explain yeah. a little bit about that then so you mentioned about the safeguarding mm. process what kind of things were yeah. you were you doing and were you asking we it was trial and error until we got we got it just right we spoke to a lot of um other people around the country doing similar things so obviously we're, we're really good friends with meet and match so I think Chloe got a lot of advice from from them and obviously we're not a dating agency but we we recognize that the risk is is similar um, and so we wanted to follow quite a similar um, sign up process for it so people um, that want to join they come to us and they um, they book in a meeting um, with myself and it's a it's a form which asks you know lots of lots of lovely things like what kind of thing are you looking for and um, what sort of support might you want at the singles nights you know are you traveling there you know some of the practical things are you traveling there and back on your own are you going to be bringing support with you and those kind of practical questions but then we we also offer them the opportunity to disclose anything that they think might be important for us to know and we also are required to ask if they're on the sex offenders register and that's just because we don't want to ask those questions behind their back. That mm-hmm. so it felt really important to us to include that on the forms. And then we also ask for two references, and they can be um, they can be support workers, they can be social workers, they could be club leaders from from a social club someone might attend. Um, we've rarely had a situation where someone has got nobody to ask. Does it have um, to be some kind of social someone who knows them sort of as a social care professional to ensure they, yeah, they do have always, a learning disability? Yeah, so the references do ask, um, can they confirm that, that they have a learning disability? Um, which is really important because we have we we've had like a few people sign up who had acquired brain injury. Um and you know, in in the instance of acquired brain injury, especially if it happened later on in life, they've had very different experiences with relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that was really important for us to to know. And also we're a learning disability charity and and, and you know, we're sort of 
insured and constituted to only work within learning disability. So that's included on our reference form, but also we ask them a little bit about their character or what they're like. And we also ask if there's any previous incidents that we should perhaps know about and if they've got any concerns about somebody joining a program like this and um, without um, disclosing breaking confidentiality did what did you have any issues come up we both felt quite um it, it was it was difficult because yeah we, we had out of all of those signups there were some really really um glaringly obvious common themes which is that a lot of women had experience not just mild sexual abuse in in lots of cases you know quite moderate and um and also one of the things that we felt really sad about was we met quite a lot of men that were that had been in trouble with the law or otherwise because they had done something that they they didn't recognize as as inappropriate or wrong um and so it got chloe and i thinking a lot about education and um whether or not there's a case here for for doing lots of kind of um, maybe men's work and education around sexual appropriateness and and how to support them to have a more positive experience with their sexuality. I've met so many we've met I've met so many fantastic men through the program that you know it's almost like they've got mantras in their head like I'm not allowed to ask a lady to show me her breasts and I know that now and I know that now and I you know I've yeah. I've been told and I've learned that now and, and you just think so th so one thing happened in that guy's life yeah that has then meant that everyone is so nervous that he's going to do it again that now he can't he can't relax into how he feels about women because he just has this kind of scared mantra that he mustn't do that thing again and it just kind of makes you it makes it makes me really sad because I feel like it's a shame that he can't mm. be like he can't be relaxed about it he can't be like I did that once I yeah. learned that it wasn't okay and now I've moved on you know it's really and I get the sense that that's still very much present in his in his yeah. support and obviously we we don't provide any support housing supported living so we, we are very much kind of we'll meet people ad hoc we don't see people you know all the time so I don't know that that isn't a massive ongoing issue and that's why it's constantly at the mm -hmm. forefront of his mind but it's just we see we saw it in so many men that you know as soon as I asked we asked the question you know is there anything you want to tell us that might be useful you know they they all were like oh and I had this incident in the park once or this happened to me and it just there were so many stories that you just think yeah they've not had the education they just it's not and their fault they've just not been yeah. taught you know they they haven't been told in a way that's and successful that's, for them and that's the thing about relationships it's a real it's a minefield even if you don't oh, have a learning disability yeah. you know you know and 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 you get images in the me you know playing hard to get you know there are unwritten rules sometimes women say no and they mean yes or they say mm. or they, they say it in a way mm. that means that, that they that, you know or they or they act in a way but then they say something else you know it's like it's a com you know all men as well both you know both genders it can be oh yeah you know, there are very yeah. complicated relationships and sexuality and sex are very the rules are never black and white it's all mm. very it's all mm. very uh interpretation if you don't understand the rules it can be really hard to know what is and isn't okay, and especially mm. some of the, if you're also watching pornography, some of mm. the messages men yeah, yeah. receive from that, it's, well, heaven forbid if yeah. that's the only experience. Well, and the, you know, just the widespread objectification of women is yeah. still, you know, we're getting better, but it's still... Not great. It's, it's still not great. And so, 
you know, if, yeah, the messages that are coming down are just so confusing. And, and that's the last thing that someone with an inter intellectual disability needs is, is for is for this thing that's really important to them to be really confusing. I mean, sex and sexual pleasure is is you know it's an essential part of most people's lives and so many people that we support are not being allowed to express that express that and experience that in the way that they want and so then if they don't know that it's not okay to go and touch yourself in public for example you know that's just their way of saying well this is what my body needs um I don't know that it's not okay to do it here yeah <laughs> absolutely but um, um, I mean we've sort of diverted from the singles yeah. nights but I think so I was just the, wondering how you dealt with those kind of issues when did were those people then not allowed to join or um yeah so we we deal with those sort of things in two ways so um firstly the references say something came back on a reference or someone self-disclosed something it wouldn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't be able to attend it would be that we would find out a little bit more information um and then if they'll say that you know if it happened years and years ago and they've had loads of education since there's no reason mm -hmm. why they couldn't then attend so yeah. we've got a criminal convictions policy which outlines how how we um assess people that might have had a that have gotten have offended or have a criminal conviction and and in most cases you know if it if it was a little bit complex we'd find out everything that we could and then we'd take it to our board and it would yeah. just be that we'd have to get a sort of second level of approval that we've done our kind of due diligence on them and we feel like it's safe for them to okay. attend yeah um and then the the second way that we're trying to address that is through education because we feel like you know we don't really we, we managed to find some funding but at the time we were like we don't know if it we don't feel like it's that responsible to throw a load of people who are all looking for love together in a room without saying and this is how you can learn a little bit more about how to um how to date and how to meet people and how to how to keep yourself safe and um so yeah so i went on some training and we've been delivering education. I'm going to I'm going to come back to that but I'm going to mm. I'm just going to focus just a little bit more on the singles nights and we'll, we'll mm -hmm. definitely come back to that so how would it work so if I was a if I was a social care provider and I wanted to set up a singles night how so, so I send out the forms and then I you know I get them back and I, and I look at and I we follow the process that 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 you did what, what mm -hmm. actually happens next what is the mm. how do you how do you put one on yeah so just going back briefly what you just said we meet everybody we don't send the forms out and have them back in which I think for lots of people wouldn't be a viable model but for us that felt mm -hmm. quite essential so the nights themselves so they are monthly and I you know I think we've been running them we're heading into our second year no third year wow. um of running them we are learning each year what does and doesn't work so i'm hoping that i can help some people through this podcast um save some time <laughs> but yeah we run them monthly because that's what we have capacity to do but i think um we did try when we first started running them on different nights of the week and in different parts of Wirral because we wanted to make it easy for people to access and you know if they're on different evenings then people who attend social clubs on other nights would at least be able to make some and, and we host them in different parts of Wirral so that we felt like that was making it accessible for people but actually that didn't work so we run them once a month on the same Thursday of every month in the same venue so that we hoped that that would make it easier for support workers to plan it into mm -hmm. people's um kind of monthly 
yep. rotor or timetable calendar. And so that that definitely improved things a bit. And, you know, people have said to us that works a lot better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't mean if people attend a social club on Thursday, they've they've sort of dropped off because, you know, that social club was more essential to their well-being than attending these. Yeah. So, yeah, they're half six to half eight. Um, something else that we've learned over the years is provide food. It's a really big, <laughs> it's a really big draw. Um, so. They, so they pay a fiver and we um, we've we've had a real struggle finding the perfect venue but now we have and it has its own sort of in-house cook so yeah they just put on like a nice hot dish for us oh, nice. each time and then something else something else quite we learned in the first year actually was that we wanted people to be able to meet as all as 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 organically as possible um given the fact that they were already attending a singles night you know we wanted it to feel as as mainstream as it could so one of the venues we used in the first year was just a pub we were like let's just all meet in the pub and have a drink because that's what lots of other dating organizations might set up Mm -hmm. um but we found actually people with a learning disability aren't often given that opportunity to to practice conversational skills and and so we found that people didn't really know how to talk to each other they didn't you know so we 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 tried offering like little slips where of questions that you could ask people and yep. you know that only worked to a point once everyone and had if found you can out read. everyone's favorite football and if you can read exactly you know and there's only so much yeah are you Everton or Liverpool or Tranmere chat that you can do <laughs> which <laughs> is kind of default conversation around here so we actually have a different activity on each one so it'll be like karaoke or a quiz or bingo or like games um and we find that that really helps um in terms of keeping it active and yep. and helping the you know the energy stay up yeah it is i think that is one of the hardest things is that getting people in a room is is one thing um but facilitating those meaningful discussions that might result in someone saying oh i I really like that person yeah is is really challenging getting them to do stuff together is yeah helps them to have something to focus it was a bit like those thinking i don't know if you've seen the thinking bot of your well you're you're like me you're, you're married now this thinking bob thing which is like you know social and that there's a real shift in dating as i've been talking to someone who works in mainstream dating there's a real shift now to move away from speed dating dating apps and things like that yeah. to to more kind of doing something as a group together it's, to have something to focus on rather than just turn up for effectively for pe- a job interview <laughs> a and especially for people that are introverted like I think that's that would be great like I'm I'm quite socially okay I'm an extrovert but when I was dating it was even I was nervous and you get scared of those silences don't you and so I think having an activity is is great because you know do you know what even if it's not going well I can just focus on the activity or you know it helps break the ice yeah absolutely so but we do try and you know we try and weave in our own little sort of manipulation so with the karaoke we've now said that you know we want every other karaoke song to be a duet so you have to find someone to do like a duet with and um the quiz teams we make sure that they're they're a good mix of genders and ages that's and, good and um yeah so we'll always try and and when we do quizzes we always focus the questions around relationships so we did a whole quiz on soaps and the different relationships that have been in soaps over the years but we slipped in ones like if you were on a date would you ask them 
for their dog's name or for their phone number or <laughs> you know that sort of thing so that's a really good idea that's a really that's a really because because I, I think this will be so helpful to some people i mean in terms of the cost how much does it cost to put on a singles night cost wise so our first year we managed to 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 do it for for two thousand pounds um and it's two staff members time for the evening is probably the biggest expense um we were quite lucky in our first year because we didn't really pay for any room hire we didn't really pay for any room hire in our second year but we found that we just couldn't get good venues we really struggle for venues in Wirral. i think i think that's part of the bigger problem there so that might not be such an issue elsewhere but we now have to pay 50 pounds a month for our room hire because we're using like a kind of bistro and they've given yeah. us exclusive use and then i mean there isn't really much cost in terms of materials like most of our games have been donated um all of our kind of resources and our marketing materials have all sort of just got soaked up into our kind of general running costs mm-hmm. of the charity. So I think to start up that initial thing, it's fairly low cost, but it's it's when you wanna it's when you wanna add on the kind of the courses and the education and 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 also it used a lot of our staff time for those these assessments and they're obviously ongoing because people are, are continually joining so um yeah the staff time to kind of process the admin and and do the assessments and all of that that's i'd say that's probably the next big cost that's probably more staff time actually than the than the actual singles nights yeah um, do you have a dedicated volunteer yes you know if you had a couple of dedicated volunteers that might be, absolutely that might be and i think that'd be a lovely thing for a volunteer to be involved in because that can sometimes be an issue for us but in like in 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 the charity that i work for you know enjoy support sometimes getting volunteers but if you're actually getting them to do something really fun oh and we have three volunteers that attend our singles night with us as well and we've never ever run anything where the volunteers have been so passionate and so committed we've got the same three volunteers that started with us three years ago and I don't have that across any of my other programs where they're just so and one of them is a senior advocate for the lead advocacy service in Wirral so we're just so like we're so blessed and I think volunteers do want to do stuff like this like not only is it is it meaningful and it's really important work but you know it's fun and it's exciting um that is you know when you (laughs) when you have a a good one we I think I think we, we do have some of the same issues that a lot of the dating agencies that a lot of the dating agencies have you know, I was going to ask just, that what what, yeah. are the, what are your main issues you you come up against doing this so the 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 gender split issue is a big one we have um almost equal genders signed up to the program but on the actual attendance of 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 the evenings um it's always quite tricky. The other thing is, and I and I think now we've kind of we found the right model. Hopefully, this is going to improve. But the attendance is quite poor. How? So we have we have 60, 70 people signed up to it, and we get about sixteen people coming. Right. And the thing that's a shame is that they seem to be very similar people each time. So there's this really lovely friendship group that's coming out of it, but that was not our intention. It was not our intention to set up another social club. And I think what happens is a lot of men sign up, they come, they see the same, the same, you know, few women there each month, they realize they're not interested and then they drop off. And, um, 
and so you know we're saying we we what we have to do a lot around is managing people's expectations and we have to sort of say to them like you might not meet someone straight away the group might feel small at first but you know we're hoping it's going to get bigger and I think it would help if we could run it weekly I think that would make a big difference and I think if we had more staff time dedicated to promoting it and getting out there and things that would help too I'm I'm aware the lack of women is a is a is a big issue. Mm. It's it's, it's mm. all the dating agencies mm. face. Have you tried in any way to overcome that? Um, yeah. So a couple of the things we tr- so we we've ha- we hosted a really big Valentine ball to to do a big push at the start of this year to get some more signups. We've got a few off the back of that. We've tried to push it through. The thing is, there aren't very many female only learning disability services and we've got some great women's projects in Wirral but they're not LD specific so they're only going to have a a few people there Mm -hmm. to target when we've done sort of pushed it with local providers we've sort of said we really need some women and when we put it in our newsletter we're like calling all women single women our next my next tact next time I get some some time (laughs) is I'd really like to to look at starting up a, a women's group um that'll be attached to the one of the mainstreams mainstream um women only projects in Wirral yeah. so that it doesn't feel like necessarily a Wirral Mencap project. Try to avoid having sort of keeping our services inward. We want to yeah. have them more sitting out in the community. So we're wanting to work with our our local kind of big women's organization and set up a women's group there where we we can talk more openly about relationships and exploring um, relationships and sexuality and overcoming negative experiences and, and hope that I mean it might be a bit of a slow pathway but hoping that that, that might way. I, yeah. I totally understand. I mean we I I put on a how to date course in in London and uh, I had on one day one two women both of them had dates by the end of the four weeks um, <laughs> because they were they were Fantastic. the only women on the on yeah. the group yeah but it was it was it was it, it was and we had a finding love group at choice support as well literally two women turned up both got boyfriends yeah. again great great <laughs> great you know one of, one of them ended up in quite a, a longer term relationship afterwards but 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 the men turned up the women had already gone it was just a load of men sat there yeah. and it, it's yeah. just so difficult isn't and it and then it's it's so hard to keep momentum up because you know they're just like well I'm coming here because it's a singles night but I'm only meeting men I mean if it was a gay meetup it would be fantastic <laughs> I mean that's the other thing we've had we've had about three gay men sign up but we've had to be really honest with them and say there's only there's only yeah you're only going to meet two other men there and they all signed up at different times so at the times actually there wasn't even those you know they weren't all signing up together and and so we just kind of had to say, like, of course, you're very welcome to come. But I mean, that just opens another whole whole line of work that I want to do with the LGBT learning disability community. But yeah, that's it's very one. tricky. And if you're a gay woman, God help you. Oh, goodness. Well, actually, interestingly, when we signed everyone up, I was I was amazed at how many women said that they were interested in both men and women. And I have to say, I did kind of this is why it's nice to meet people one to one and not just send out forms It's because it was great to open up a bit of discussion around that and you know so oh have you thought much about your sexuality and and what I found in in quite a lot of the cases is that they were like well I haven't had very nice experiences with men so I'm 
Awesome. I'm more interested in women and I don't necessarily know whether that's a sexuality thing or whether that's a, if I'm going to have a companion for life, I'd, I'd rather it be female because I'm a bit nervous of men, which again, just kind of spurred on this sort of feeling that there needs to be a lot of support, a lot more support. Um, and and, and we, we diverted slightly from that. I mean, what kind of what kind of courses are you running to go alongside the the, the, the singles group? Yeah, so I went on the um, Family Planning Association training, which you were on too, which was I lovely. Was, yeah. uh, off the back of that, I then uh, we then got in Sue Sharples, who I'm sure um, most of the network members are familiar with. Um, fantastic trainer. And she came and delivered a six-week course, which I shadowed and um, that was sort of covered all the fantastic topics, you know, how to date, how to meet people, how to keep yourself safe, um, contraception, sexual health, the law. Um, and so then off the back of that, um, me and another organisation, a local provider, actually co-wrote an eight week programme, um, including all, all the same stuff that Sue did. But because we, we know our members, we were able to sort of tailor it um, a little bit to the things that we know are, are, are real issues for the guys that we support. Um, and we cl- included a lot on sort of your rights and making sure that you're empowered to ask yeah. for the support that you need. And I think that felt really important to us. And we included a lot on gender um, gender and um, expression and sexual identity and things like that, which which was quite complex for the guys to understand. But equally we felt it was important so it was it was really positive actually and a, a couple of um two people on it have ended up in a relationship from attending it which is really oh, that's nice fantastic yeah so we're providing some ongoing support to them because um as we know in learning disability a, a course is fantastic but the the learning has to be ongoing doesn't it for it to retain and absolutely so, but yeah that was really positive but we'd like to run more and it's just it's it's so much time and human resources and funding is needed to run those things but they are so essential absolutely it can be yeah I mean it's it's a job one of itself I'm Mm. aware that we we, I I was determined to keep this one relatively short because I always talk for so long and then I have to edit them um so Mm. I was (laughs) I know I'm a terrible I'm editor. Sorry. And we're awful for it because oh, we know. could just talk for hours. I know, we, could talk. We, were, we were talking for half an hour before this even started. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't record. Um, so one a couple of questions. Did you have you had a date? You had a match on your um, on your dating on your dating course. Did you have have you had any uh-huh. matches on the single single? Have you had any couples as a result of the singles nights? Yeah, we've had we've had a few. Um, I mean, obviously, we'd love to say you know there's been loads but I don't think anyone that's running dating agencies you know can say that because it's same as the mainstream it's it's dependent well yeah 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 totally and I think the thing that we found is that quite a lot of people have met on our singles nights so we've probably had about six or seven couples spark an interest in each other over the years but and um, there has been one or two couples that have have had relatively you know long-term dating off the back of it and you Mm -hmm. know whether or not that that's led to anything I'm not sure but what's happening is they're meeting at our singles nights and then they're not getting the support to continue that relationship or the relationship is being kind of dissolved and we can't really see how or you know who's who's guided that yeah um and that's you know again we've talked about it being a whole person's role I mean we would love like we would just love to offer supported dating yeah we'd love to be able to allow people to meet at the singles nights or for people that singles nights aren't really 
you know isn't doesn't appeal to them we'd love to be able to offer a matching service you know but like you said at the beginning it's so expensive to set up and, it, and it's so high risk to set up a dating agency because if if, if you find the funding and, and you set it all up and then you're not getting you know you're not getting the results it's going to be really hard to keep hold of that funding and mm -hmm. and so we felt like setting up a singles nights would be a really great kind of prelude to gathering research and understanding what what we think does and doesn't work for people so that potentially in the future that's something we'd we'd Not like to do because yeah the relationships just fall off if you haven't if you haven't got a supportive family if you've got scared support workers well that was the whole know. thing of supported loving that was my whole yeah yeah, yeah. you find exactly. us if you don't know if no yeah. if people don't the support workers make or break the family mm. or the support workers make or break mm. the relationships. Yeah. If we don't yeah. support people afterwards and just how much people support they need, then they don't but develop. It, and it's, and... it's training and education for the families and the support workers as well. I mean, Sue Sharples has done a series of training here for support workers and the feedback from that has been amazing. But but that's what fraction of that is is the actual number of support workers in Wirral. I mean, it's it's tiny, isn't it? Everything we talk about is support loving, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And I just believe, you know, the CQC guidance, if anyone hasn't read it, go out there, read it. It's on the, Sue and I uh, contributed along with uh, other members of the Unite group and um, for supported loving members. You know, that's unless CQC are pushing this, there'll be, you know, providers, some providers just won't give it the full attention. Yeah. And if they're not getting clear guidance, support workers, I don't blame them for being uncomfortable about what they can and can't help people with in terms of relationships. Yeah. You know, how far can yeah. they go um, if their organisation is not giving them any clear guidance? And I think it was really great at the at the launch of the Love Project research findings that I attended earlier this week that, you know, it just, there's a real there's a real importance to get families and support workers in the room together. So, you know, so I've got a couple at the moment and it looks like the relationship is, is nosediving because, you know, a family member doesn't want it and the support workers are scared. So we're going to try and set up a meeting, you know, with the couple's consent for us all to get in a room and talk together because that's it. You know, either one of them can then just, you know, when the relationship fails, the support worker can blame the family and the family could blame, you know, yep. they'll just be this blame culture. And actually that's not helpful for anybody. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Get them talking. That was definitely one talking. of our, definitely one of our findings about getting people yeah. to, to talk more openly, you know, because sometimes we, we think there are barriers there that maybe aren't or we're scared of mm. risks that maybe maybe aren't that risky. Mm. But I think it's balancing risk. Like what's the risk to that person's long term well being if they're never supported to have a to relationship or their yeah, explore their, their potential relationship. So on a final note, what advice would you give to somebody? Like what would your final top tips to people? I would say talk to talk to your community um you know if you're already a learning disability organization if you already have access to a lot of people with a learning disability find out from them um what they'd really want so that you know when you set it up um you're going to have a following good venue easy to get to accessible that would be a big tip for us yeah try and get a lot of women on board before you start <laughs> sorry that was find three the, but <laughs> so I find those women <laughs> yeah, find those women they've got to be out there I just yeah. you know they're women from the research that we did at Tizard women don't wanted relationships just as much as men we spoke mm -hmm. to more or less an equal split of yeah men and women and uh and, and there was no less women didn't want mm. the relationships any less but they had obviously you you mentioned more yourself they'd, yeah. they'd had they'd had they'd had more negative experiences so you can understand why they're why they're nervous yeah, yeah. but let's yeah. find them 
Yeah. Oh, my 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 final point, I think, is also that we we want to work a lot, and we do work mainly with people that are um, have learning disabilities that are quite mild, so are generally quite independent in the community. But the problem with that is that they're they're quite they're hard to reach because they're not getting much support. Maybe mm. they only have someone that comes in like for an hour a week here and there. So just making sure that you, you're you doing whatever you can to, to find and reach those people and and um, you're finding ways that work for them to communicate with them about when they're on and how to get there and what their accessibility requirements are because they're the people I feel are, you know, are so at risk because not only are they, are they isolated because they're alone and they're not getting much support, but also they're they're um they are only getting that one hour so they're more vulnerable in well, terms of you know, if they do meet someone and then they're not supported to keep that relationship healthy and there isn't someone kind of checking in and and checking that you know they're both safe and well and things are going well then they're just so so at risk so yeah finding those people as well it's really important so I will let you go that's okay <laughs> no that's all right you're just keeping me from my health and safety report it's all right <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Thank you so much, Lizzie. Uh, thank you no so problem. much. Um, will we be? Will Will you be able to share in the show notes um, anything that might help people to set up their own? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have some documents, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got. We've got all. We can share all of our um, our risk assessments, our sign up forms. We've got um, our list of events and how we communicate those. We've got our flow chart of how people sign up to the program. So we've got we've got heaps of heaps of stuff that there we're you go. Lizzie's going to Lizzie's going to sort you she's going to sort you all out. <laughs> it's going to be in the show notes. I'll put it up there. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. Thank no you. problem. Thanks Bye. for chatting. Bye. Bye. Everyone deserves loving. Everyone deserves a soul Supported, loving is raising awareness Everyone should have some